From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Smoke is still lurking across southeast Alaska thanks to wildfires up north. Juneau Weather Service meteorologist Greg Spahn spoke with News of the North on Thursday about the hazy conditions. A lot of the fires we have in the interior and in uh, southwestern Alaska, um, it's easy to think of those fires as being a long way away from here. And in some aspects, that's true. But one of the consequences of our good weather right now is that our good weather is being driven by a big area of ridging that's building across the Gulf of Alaska. And what that ridging is doing, unfortunately for us, is it's helping to bring some of the smoke from that fire all the way around and into southeast uh, proper. So unfortunately for us, you know, as long as the good weather sticks around, the haze, so the smoke, might try to stick around a little bit with it. And Spawn says smoke can be harmful, but there are resources regarding wildland fire, smoke, and your health. Just play it safe. Smoke is no fun for anyone, and fire is no fun for anyone as well in this case, um, definitely. So just play it safe. There's a whole lot of more useful advice and a lot of helpful information that's available online, and that's reachable at airnow.gov. Once again, that site is airnow.gov. It's important for people to know how important this situation is and how serious the school district is taking this incident. That's Juneau School District Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss on Thursday in an interview with News of the North. The district reported that about 12 children and two adults ingested up to three ounces each of the floor sealant on Tuesday. We are extremely concerned and upset that this happened. And so we responded immediately with investigatory tools that we have at our at our um, fingertips, like, you know, Juneau Police Department, uh, the State Department, um, et cetera, uh, so that we could make sure that we had the best opportunity very quickly to figure out what happened, how it happened. Investigations into the incident are ongoing and involve the district, the city and borough of Juneau, Nana Management Services, the Juneau Police Department, and the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation. Weiss says the district's first priority on Tuesday was the students who ingested the floor sealant. Our primary focus initially was those students who and adults who had ingested uh, some of the sealant. So, um, you know, making sure that we had the best information possible immediately from poison control, uh, ob- observing the students, etc. So, um, our focus has been on uh, since we've shifted from the immediate response, our focus uh, shifted to the investigation to uh, following up with families that were directly impacted through ingesting uh, the sealant, etc. Weiss explained a delay in informing the majority of the parents involved in the rally program at Glacier Valley this way. In the moment when we are addressing the needs uh, of a situation like this, there are many competing needs right away. And we really uh, were focused on the situation at hand, literally the students there, um, and monitoring them. We also had other students there who took some of the adult resource to manage while the incident was being uh, taken care of. With all that said, uh, you know, we did attempt to, again, ripple out our communications directly with those 12 families first and then to other families being serviced. White says the district could have been quicker to alert parents to the issue. 
and Weiss says Nana had opportunities to engage in ways to prevent the children from drinking the sealant instead of milk. They played a key role in um, the uh, pieces to the puzzle that happened Tuesday morning. That part is clear. Uh, there were multiple times Tuesday morning that there were opportunities uh, to of checks and balances that didn't occur. And in each of those cases, it was uh, the NANA operations that were the potential mechanism for that check and balance to get to carry out. Weiss added that the CBJ risk management was alerted early in the investigation. General Representative Sarah Hannon said that even though the price of oil is high, it won't remain that way. However, it's good for revenue predictions right now. She commented while a guest on Action Line. We cannot hope for the war in Ukraine to go on so that the price of oil stays high. But right now, that war continues, the price of oil stays high, and, um, you know, and that contributes to inflation. So there are many reasons why, in the one hand, we want that price per barrel to come down. But for our just on paper accounting of revenue predictions, it's a good thing that it's high. That's given us this budget that meets more of the needs than the last three years. Although no major new revenue measures were introduced in the legislature this session, one did add a small amount to the state's coffers. There is a very small new revenue measure in the end, um, Senate Bill 45, instituting a tax on vaped tobacco passed. Now, we're talking that the prediction is only a couple, you know, one and a half million dollars a year. So it's not a substantial revenue stream, but it's a very small one where we are adding in a product that had not been taxed by the state into our taxation structure. We tax all other nicotine and tobacco products in Alaska and I think it's a positive step forward. So addressing that loophole. Yeah, yeah, that mm -hmm. carve out um, or that lack of vaping didn't exist when we last addressed tobacco taxes 17 years ago. Now it's in the taxing regime. Hannon says new revenue streams must eventually be found. We did not get a substantial movement on any substantial new revenues um, and that still will remain the major issue for the legislature to address um, because of course it ties into permanent fund revenues you know percent of market value draw that we are now using as our primary revenue stream and revenues to individual Alaskans via dividend. Juno representative Sarah Hannon commenting on Action Line. The budget for the city and borough of Juneau is complete. City Finance Director Jeff Rogers spoke about the budget process and what comes next on the KINY Morning Show. Next year's budget has been approved. That's a budget that starts the 1st of July. It's a process that takes the city uh, maybe six months to get through from start to finish, including all the work that happens with staff and departments and uh, then what the manager presents to the assembly and all the work that the assembly does in the course of April and May. So it's a, a long process and yes, I'm happy it is uh, behind us and that we can start doing the work. Rogers says the economy is coming back slowly, which is a good thing for city finances. And even though the mill rate went unchanged, homeowners in the borough may pay more in property taxes going forward. We did see really big increases to the, the price of uh, single-family homes this year. Um, that's just what the market is doing. I mean, certainly, if anybody out there trying to buy a house knows just how difficult it is right now 
we see a lot of prices going for, um, you know, as much as 10, 15, even 20% over asking. Um, that, that market activity has driven property values much higher. And uh, because your property values are higher, you pay more in property tax, even at the same mill rate. So you're totally right. Um, the assembly did choose to keep the mill rate flat. And uh, everybody will pay the same percentage of their property value in uh, property in, in tax that they've paid in previous years. But chances are that property is worth a lot more today than it was a year or two ago. Removing the sales tax on food has been a priority of the assembly, Rogers says. The assembly has had as a goal to remove sales tax from food. And that is a, a, a doable thing. Um, I certainly grew up in a state where food was not taxed. Most most states and uh, municipalities do not tax food. Uh, we're a bit of a, a little bit of an outlier. Um, the assembly's had that as a goal, and it's just an expensive proposition. You know, we take in somewhere between six and seven million dollars a year in sales tax on food. We estimate so. You know, in order for the city to keep paying for all the services we do today. If the assembly wants to exempt food from sales tax, it has to replace that revenue some other way. Online sales tax has also been helping to fund the city's coffers. I serve on a statewide commission that, that allows us to collect remote sales taxes. That's how we do it. And, uh, we're, we, you know, we take in, on average right now, $230,000 a month um, in online sales tax. That's sales tax people pay when they go to Amazon or um, any other online retailer, and uh, you know, so so we're getting up to uh, two and a half, three million dollars a year in online sales tax. And Rogers says tougher times ahead economically may be a challenge for the assembly. Juno Police Lieutenant Jeremy Weskey spoke to the numerous drug busts in the capital city. All the guests on Action Line. The drug unit, unfortunately. Uh, has been very busy uh, for the last few years. Uh, this week was a little out of the norm in that they had uh, four different arrests, I believe, maybe three arrests. Um, okay. But they had three three arrests at the airport, and they had a, a parcel interdiction, um, so a mail interdiction, um, and got got a good amount of drugs off the street and made some good cases. Juno is part of CCAD or the Southeast Alaska Cities Against Drugs Task Force. Juno is kind of the 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 main municipal department in that um, we have DE agents that are working at JPD. We have a postal inspector that comes and works with us at JPD. We have a trooper there. So uh, and then of course we have the FBI that helps out and they come into the building uh, on a regular basis. I don't know if uh, you heard about it, but um, we're it's become such a big part of our department that we're looking to expand the drug unit, uh, the actual physical building, because we're running out of space. So um, it's uh, it's a with, growing housed within JPD. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's you're saying it's growing. Yep. And not all of those agencies are housed in JPD, but many of them are. Juno Police Lieutenant Jeremy Weskey. A Wasilla resident was arrested Wednesday after breaking into a house, stealing guns, other belongings, and a truck. Troopers had received a report of a vehicle theft in progress Wednesday afternoon at about 3.14 in Palmer. The vehicle was contacted at the trunk park and ride. The driver was detained without incident. According to the trooper dispatch, 23-year-old Jamie Smith of Wasilla entered a residence on Mound Road and stole three firearms, $1,300 in other belongings, and left in a pickup truck belonging to the homeowner. 
Smith was remanded to Matsu pretrial on counts of burglary in the first degree, vehicle theft in the first degree, and four counts of theft in the second degree. Superior Court Judge Kevin M. Saxby sentenced 40-year-old Lloyd Allen Jenkins to 35 years of active incarceration for the 2017 rape and assault of his girlfriend. Jenkins faced a sentencing range of 30 to 40 years with a maximum of 99 years. Following a two-week trial in June of last year, an Anchorage jury found Jenkins guilty of sexual assault in the first degree and assault in the second, third, and fourth degrees. In addition to the 35 years to serve, Judge Saxby suspended an additional 15 years of prison time and placed Jenkins on probation for 15 years. In sentencing, Jenkins... Judge Saxby found that this sexual assault was particularly egregious and deserved an aggravated sentence. On Tuesday morning, crew members aboard the Coast Guard cutter Liberty successfully towed a disabled vessel that was located 80 nautical miles west of Yakutat. The rescue came after the vessel crew reported engine issues and contaminated fuel. Coast Guard Sector Anchorage and Sector Juno Command Center personnel worked together to issue a maritime assistance request broadcast to local mariners to help locate the 41-foot pleasure craft Nine Lives after receiving the request for assistance. The three individuals aboard the disabled vessel stayed in contact with the command center until the Liberty crew arrived on scene and towed the vessel to safety. A spokesperson for Christopher Constant says Constant plans to withdraw as a candidate for the August primary for Alaska's U.S. House seat and support fellow Democrat Mary Peltola. Constant spokesperson Aubrey Weber says he isn't sure when Constant would file the paperwork to withdraw. The deadline to do so is June 25th. Peltola currently sits in fourth place in last Saturday's special primary, several thousand votes ahead of Republican Tara Sweeney. State election officials are still tallying ballots, and the next count is planned for today. The top four vote-getters in the special primary advanced to an August special election. Republicans Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage and Independent Al Gross have advanced. This past weekend, U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski hosted retired Marine Corps four-star general and former Secretary of Defense Jim Matias as her guest of honor at the Fairbanks Military Appreciation Banquet. Murkowski told those in attendance how excited she was to invite Matias as the keynote speaker. Tonight's keynote is probably as exciting for me as, as anyone that I've had an opportunity to introduce. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit of a fangirl, and I will just admit, I'm a little bit of a fangirl of General Jim Mattis. I mean, I'm just telling you. And so the fact that we have with us this evening retired four-star Marine General, former Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis is, is just extraordinary. I'm still kind of pinching myself. Matias says he is happy to be among the troops and supporters of the military in Fairbanks. Our job here in the community is to give them that support. It is to come together to, to provide our thanks, whether it is a thank you in the line at the grocery store or buying them a cup of coffee or just saying thank you for your service. We need to do that every day, but once a year it's kind of nice to get dressed up to have the spouses there, to hear that, that support from the community, to share our appreciation. And Murkowski told everyone how important it is to support the members of the military.
This is just a, a magnificent opportunity for me to be back among the troops and people who support our troops because none of us are in the Army or the Navy or the Air Force or the Coast Guard or the Marine Corps. We're in the U.S. Army, the U.S. Air Force. We belong to you and you own us and it's a happy marriage here in our great democracy. Senator Murkowski. Two communities and one organization in Southeast have received grant awards from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Wood Innovations and Community Wood Energy grants from the USDA will allow six Alaska-based organizations to further the development of wood energy to help with sustainable heat and wood product processing projects. The awardee in Southeast was Southeast Conference for its containerized pellet mill pilot project. Wood Innovation grants are awarded annually and aim to help increase the use of local wood products while working towards creating sustainable energy solutions for communities. One of Alaska's largest private COVID testing providers plans to close its public testing sites in the state by the end of this month. An official with Capstone Clinic told the Anchorage Daily News that the decision is mainly driven by financial considerations. During the peak of the pandemic, the company operated 21 testing and vaccination sites in the state. In some communities, Capstone was the sole provider. State Health Department spokesperson Clinton Bennett told the Associated Press that testing is important and available across Alaska. He cited the accessibility of over-the-counter tests and says many industries have incorporated testing into their operations. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.